0: Welcome back to our series on 1 Thessalonians. We're picking up in the 5th chapter today with a couple weeks left. Talking about being people of light. Everybody has a a good excuse for not attending church. But if we were to, what, what, what would happen if we took all those excuses for not attending church and Apply them to something else that we do in our life. Like, let's say, eating. Here's what those um, excuses for not attending church might look like I don't eat anymore because, number one, I was forced to eat as a child. Two, people who eat all the time are hypocrites, they aren't really hungry. Three, there are so many different kinds of food I can't decide what to eat. Four, I used to eat, but I got bored and stopped. Or five, I don't eat anymore because I only eat on special occasions like Christmas and Easter. It keeps going. I don't eat anymore because, number six, none of my friends will eat with me. Seven, I'll start eating when I get older. Eight. I don't really have time to eat. Nine, I don't believe that eating does anybody any good. It's just a crutch. Or I don't eat anymore because restaurants and grocery stores are only after your money. <laughs> giving a lame excuse for not attending church is just as silly as giving up eating. Worship and Bible study are just as important as a regular, well-balanced diet. Without them, you wouldn't grow. Without them, we would die. Without them, we would not be ready for Jesus to come again. It's so easy to become so focused on the journey and not the goal of the journey, not the end of the journey. It's easy for us to look at our feet, to be focused on the journey, but not the horizon, the goal of the journey, the end of the journey. So life's life's problems and and pleasures consume our interests. Life's life's trials and life's treasures consume our time. And, And life's sorrows and life's joys consume our interests, our time, our energy, all that we do. And life becomes all about Career, money, entertainment, family, friends. Church, not important. Faith, not important. God, not important. We start looking for wealth, uh, not wealth, we start looking for value and worth in temporary things in things that don't last almost as if those things are going to be more helpful more valuable to us in the end and we live we no matter what we say we live as though faith in God isn't really that important and so we can start to become apathetic apathetic about the importance of our relationship with God Verse 6, the one right in the middle of our 11 verses today, says this. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. So the sense there of asleep is apathetic. It doesn't just mean they're, you know, taking a snoozer. They're They're apathetic. They're spiritually asleep in life. They're apathetic. And so our first point today is this. Let's not live in worldly apathy towards spiritual things. Let's not be asleep. Let's not live in worldly apathy towards spiritual things. Verses 1 to 6 of our text shows us what this looks like. I'm not putting it all on the screen, but it is in your bulletin if you want to follow along. Verses 1 to 6. It's all right. Now, brothers, about times and dates... We do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-control. So peace and safety, there's a lot of people in this world who, live, um, who are really living with the motto of peace and safety. Okay? Not that there's anything wrong with peace or safety, But understand what's meant by the people who are saying peace and safety, living with that as a motto. Um, We'll start with peace. What do they mean by that? By peace, they mean this. Um, God is cool with me because I'm a good person. I mean, God loves everyone, doesn't he? All religions are the same. We all worship the same God. And We're at peace with God because we've we've lived good lives. We haven't gotten in trouble. And we're all going to go to a better place in the end. So the peace they're living with is peace because we're so great, not peace because God is so great. Or safety. Again, nothing wrong with safety, but um, the word here, safety, security, certainty is what's being talked about there. And, And that's this attitude. Well, I'll be taken care of because because I you know, because I've built up my savings account and, and I've invested well and I got good insurance policies so I'll be taken care of. I'm gonna put my hope in the world. I'm gonna put my hope in my skills, in my wealth, in my home, in, in the, the solid things that are here for me. Um, I have all that I need in, in my spouse, my kids, my, my job, my pension and, and I, don't have to, I don't have to worry about what's gonna happen after I die because, because I, I've been a good person. And so I can live in, in safety and security because of what I've accomplished. Um, how many of you, how many of you would jump out of an airplane with nothing but a backpack on? Raise your hand would jump out of an airplane with nothing but a backpack on. Okay, it was nice knowing you two. <laughs> because that's exactly what people who live, who claim to live in peace and security are actually doing. Right? They, they think they're living with the security of a parachute when the reality is they're living with the security of a backpack. It's not going to work. So people living, um, the the peace and safety people, the people living in the model peace and safety are living in the darkness of ignorance. They don't know what's going on. Their their sin makes them enemies of God, just like our sin makes us enemies of God, right? But they don't have the peace they imagine they have. They're they're not realizing where they stand in front of God on their own. They don't realize that their unforgiven sins bring them into judgment before God, just like ours do but we're not going to rely on ourselves, we're going to rely on Jesus. So they don't re- realize that those unforgiven sins bring them into judgment for God, and so therefore they have a false sense of security, like jumping out of an airplane without anything on. So this is what it's like to live in peace and safety. Here, here's it, this, this, this same attitude is described in another way right in our text. This worldly apathy to spiritual things is also compared to being drunk, Look at verses 6 and 7, and they are up there for you. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Okay, so sometimes, sometimes people try to drink their problems away. Alcohol dulls the senses. And so, um, so they can, for a time, be calm totally unconcerned about those problems almost unaware of those problems because the alcohol dulls the senses so that's what we uh, talk about maybe when people try drinking their problems away now let's just think about that on the spiritual level on the spiritual plane people who are living in unbelief the darkness of unbelief still have be it a big one or, or even just a tiny sense that they are not right with God, whoever God might be. Why do they have that? Because they have a conscience. Everyone has that. So whether they have a a huge hole in their heart or, or just even the tiniest inkling, everybody who doesn't have the answer that we do has a tiny sense that they aren't right with God. So they know they have a spiritual problem. So their solution, one of the first two solutions, is to dull their conscience with the liquor of man-made religion and what does that sound like um, i'll make up for so i have this problem i have this spiritual problem with whoever god might be so i'll make up for it by doing good deeds i'll become a better person i'll start going to church and i'll do all things i'm supposed to do i'll give to charity more i'll uh, volunteer more i'll do this i'll do that Man-made religion is about rules, following rules to uh, bridge that gap between you and God. And it's like liquor that dulls the senses and, and makes you unaware of what your spiritual problem really is. Or their solution is to dull their conscience with the wine of the world's pleasures. So I have this sense that something's wrong with me and God so um, I, I, I don't want to deal with that so I'll fill my life with TV and entertainment. I will escape through food and drink. I will make sure that I am completely busy with hobbies and pursuits and activities. I'll travel the world over, I'll climb every mountain, I'll, I'll go through every extreme adventure, you know, crazy, because I'm trying to cover something up, I'm trying to fill some hole that is there. But those things, whether it's the liquor of man-made religion or the wine of the world's pleasures, they do not solve the spiritual problem any more than drinking solves your problems. They might dull the conscience for a while. Those things might allow you to be unconcerned about spiritual problems for a while, but only for a while. So let's not live in worldly apathy to spiritual things. Let's not live in worldly apathy to spiritual things. Why? What's going to happen? The day that Jesus returns is going to come like a thief in the night. You can see that in your text. It's going to come like a thief in the night. And those who are living in apathy are not going to be ready for it. That day is going to be a day of destruction for them that they cannot run away from. That they cannot dull or use one of their solutions for anymore. They cannot escape it. God's wrath is going to come upon everyone who breaks his commandments. Wrath that we would be under too if we didn't trust in Jesus to help us through that. God's wrath comes upon everyone who breaks his law. So that means utter ruin for those who are without Christ. That means utter hopelessness for those who put their hope in the world instead of putting it in Christ. In other words, utter hopelessness for those who put their hope in a back instead of putting in a parachute. But I'm talking to believers here, right? I'm talking to believers. You guys aren't gonna be surprised by this. You guys aren't gonna be unexpectedly overtaken by this. You have nothing to fear. You don't belong to the night You belong to the day. You don't belong to the darkness. You belong to the light. You are children of the day and children of the light. You are people of the day and people of the light. You walk in the light of Christ, the light of the world. He has made you his children by what he has done for you. He has made you people of light, and he's coming to bring you into his kingdom of light. And that's what we have to look forward to. You are, you are people of light. So be people of light. Our second point today is this let's be alert and self controlled. That's how people of light live. We're going to live lives that are alert. And self controlled. So um, verses 6 to 11, second half of the text. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. So alert and self-controlled, alert. Alert means uh, to be awake, to be alive, to, uh, to alert to what is going on. So basically, keeping spiritual matters as the foremost focus of your heart and your mind. And self-control means to be sober, sober-minded, restrained, uh, refraining from overindulgence, calm, collected, basically the opposite of drunk. So instead of spiritual sleep and spiritual drunkenness, Paul urges something better: be alert be self-controlled. Rather than being um, unaware, like someone who's sleeping, believers should be watching and waiting for Christ's return. And instead of being uncontrolled, like uh, someone who's drunk, Jesus wants his followers to be waiting for his return in full possession of their senses, because that way we won't be surprised or confused by his coming. So how can we be alert and self-controlled? It's not drinking more coffee. How can we be alert and self-controlled? Because we're weak. We're tired. And it's so easy for us to get just drawn into what we're doing here and now, the things we can see. And we have an enemy who attacks constantly, and he knows that it's easy to draw you away from thinking about Jesus and about Jesus' return. And that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to try to draw us away from that. He's going to lead us away from thinking about that, lead us away from focusing on that. It's easy for us to focus on the here and now instead of the goal of our life. And we have an enemy that's constantly attacking us, constantly dragging us, constantly shifting our eyes, the eyes of our heart, our focus away from the one thing we need to be focused on. So picture yourself in a battle. We're being um, attacked. We're being embattled. What do we need? What's going to help us? There's some armor being talked about here. The breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of hope. So we need to put some armor on. Faith, love, and hope. Faith. Faith is confidence that God will do what he has promised. Faith is confidence that God will do what he's promised. And how do you grow in faith? By being in his word. Love is faith in action. Living every moment of our lives, every moment of our lives, thanking God for what he's done for us in our life. What fuels love? The word. Hope, the hope of salvation, sustains both faith and love. The hope of salvation is the word. The hope of salvation is the gospel truth that sustains faith and love and encourages them to grow. Faith, hope, love, our armor, the way that we can be alert and self-controlled. So where do we find hope? Where do we find hope? Verses 9 and 10. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us. Whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. God saved us from the train wreck of uh, of destruction that our, our lives were headed for. Our sinfulness, our apathy, our spiritual drunkenness, our wanting to trust in ourselves and live in peace and safety separated us from God and would mean that that last day would be an awful one for us. Sin would lead to our death physically and spiritually. But Jesus died instead of us. Instead of us. Jesus died for us. He's holy and blameless. He didn't deserve to die. But he died in our place so that God's wrath would not be poured out on us. And when his death, when his death paid the debt for all of our sins, he rose again to life. He rose from the grave. He walked out of that grave to life to assure each and every one of us that we will live with God forever. That's how we can have hope. He made us people of light, people of hope, people of light. Point of the whole text coming. Therefore, therefore, because of all of that, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. encourage each other, build each other up. Okay, I want you all to pretend that you are electrician. I want you to pretend that you are an electrician by trade. You are a licensed electrician. That's what you do for your work. So I want you to pretend that you, you're coming home from a long day of work and you're exhausted and you just want to plop down the couch and, and relax and watch some TV. So you plop down the couch, and you just start relaxing watching TV, but there's an ice storm going on outside, go figure, and it's starting to bring some trees down. Pretty soon, they bring down the power lines that go to your house, and so your lights and your TV go off. And and, and the ice storm continues, starts bringing power down all over Mississauga. But you're an electrician, right? So you grab your electrician stuff that you just came home with and you head outside and you see the power lines dangling there with sparks flying out of them. And you put your electrician hat on, you go do your electrician thing and you hook those wires back up, fix that transformer, whatever it is that electricians do and voila, power's back onto your house, lights, TV. You head back inside, (sighs) now I can relax, plop back down on the couch, start enjoying your favorite TV show. But then there's a knock on the door. Someone from the hospital. The power of the hospital is still out. They need someone to help get it going. People's lives depend on it. Will you help? What are you going to do? No, I'm going to sit here and watch my favorite TV show? Of course not. You're going to go and you're going to help because that's what you do you're an electrician friends you are all spiritual electricians you are already hooked up to the source of power you are connected to god through your faith in jesus as your savior and that power source is going to keep you alive forever there is light in your house you are people of light But you're also electricians. You can hook others up to the light. You can hook others up. You can connect others to that source of power. How? By telling them about Jesus as their Savior. By sharing with them Jesus as their Savior, just like he's your Savior. By showing them, by showing them Jesus, as you let his light shine in your life, by the way that you live your life, And friends, by encouraging one another and building each other up, which is the point of everything this text is about, encouraging each other and building each other up to be in the Word which is what gives us hope, which is what makes us people of light in the first place and lets that light shine, be in the word, to be in worship, to keep encouraging one another to do that, to remind each other of the hope we have in Jesus. And that's not just my job. That's your job. That's all of our jobs. No matter where we are, let's encourage one another and build each other up by sharing the light of Jesus, by being people of light by reminding, by reminding one another of the hope that we have in Jesus. A five-year-old boy was dying of lung cancer. Now, that's a, it's, a, it's a terrifying disease, especially at uh, the end stages because the lungs fill up with fluid and uh, it gets hard to breathe. So this five-year-old boy's loving Christian mother was there, uh, just loved him dearly and was there at his side through this whole ordeal um, cradling him in her arms and just whispering in his ear how much Jesus loved him Jesus loves you and she just kept telling him about Jesus reminding him about Jesus reminding him how much Jesus loves him and what Jesus has done for him and preparing him to meet Jesus one day um, the nurse came in and heard the boy talking about Um, hearing bells. Uh, The bells are ringing, Mommy. I hear them. The bells are ringing, Mommy. I hear them. The nurse explained to to his mother that that he was hallucinating because of the disease and everything. And and his, his mother smiled and said, no, he's not hallucinating. I told him that when it starts getting hard to breathe and when he gets scared that if he would listen very carefully he would hear the bells of heaven ringing for him. So that's what he was talking about. Later that evening that precious child died still talking about the bells of heaven when the angels came to take him there. He was confident in God's promise of heaven can we be just as confident can we encourage one another to be just as confident in God's promise of heaven because that that is how we stay alert and self-controlled that that is how we get rid of apathy that is how we are ready for the day that Jesus returns and most importantly friends that is how we can be people of light Amen. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.